Welcome to Mission Minded, the podcast where we explore outside-the-box thinking in carrying out Christ's Great Commission. Our guest on the podcast today is Grant Haynes. Grant and his wife Jennifer founded Global Frontier Missions in 2000, serving among unreached people groups in southern Mexico. The ministry began to grow over the years and God expanded their vision to not only reach the lost in Mexico, but to be used by God to raise up laborers to serve among the remaining 7,000 plus ethnic groups worldwide that are still considered unreached with the gospel. He is currently based out of Clarkston, Georgia, ministering to the many refugees being relocated to the United States. He is encouraging others to join in by providing missionary training resources and opportunities for Christians seeking to fulfill the Great Commission. Here's our host, Jim Tingler. Hi, and welcome back to the Mission Minded Podcast. I'm Jim, and I'm joined with Grant today. Hey, yeah, glad to be here. Yeah. So, Grant, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, my wife and I were on the mission field in southern Mexico, a place called Oaxaca, for about 14 years. Uh, I started getting involved in missions in high school, going on short-term mission trips. And as a part of those short-term mission trips, God grabbed a heart of my heart and felt like I was supposed to get involved with missions and specifically unreached people groups. Uh, so yeah, went down to a place in Southern Mexico that had 155 different ethnic groups in one state and about 30 of the 38 of those were considered unreached with the gospel. So went and spent 14 years down there. Uh, and then after that, I've been in the in the Atlanta area working with refugees for the past 10 years. Wow. Yeah. So God grabbed a hold of your heart pretty early and pushing you towards being in the field full time. Yep. And was that with a particular organization? Uh, we started working with YWAM Youth with a Mission for a few years, and then we started our own organization, Global Frontier Missions. And as we were hosting short-term mission groups and doing training for indigenous people, uh, more people were getting a heart for this, which morphed into a missionary training program. Um, so yeah, we've been serving with Global Frontier Missions for the past 20 years. So, so you founded the organization Global Frontier Missions? Yep. And so in a nutshell, what is what is that organization and and why does it exist? Yeah. So our mission statement is mobilizing, training and multiplying disciples and churches to serve among the unreached people groups of the world. Uh, so the mobilization side of things is raising awareness about missions around the world. Uh, so we do a lot of perspectives classes. We do one day short term mission trips and three day short term mission trips in Clarkston, Georgia, where people can come and get exposed to refugee ministry and things like that. Any small group that we can share in, any church that'll have us, we're just casting vision for the Great Commission. How few missionaries go to unreached people groups, how few dollars go to unreached people groups. So, anything we can do to mobilize and raise awareness, that's a big part of our ministry. Probably our main focus and niche as the organization is missionary training. They say that over 50 percent of the missionaries that go to the mission field come back within the first four years of being deployed and you know it usually takes that long just to be effective in the language and culture and understand the worldview to present Christ in a way that makes sense to the local people so we've got a really big passion for missionary training. Uh, so we train people in Atlanta through a five-month program, partially in the classroom, but a lot of experience out in the field, hanging out with people from Myanmar and Nepal and Somalia, Ethiopia. Um, yeah, we've got 60 different countries that are represented in our little small town of Clarkston there in Atlanta. Um, there's only 20,000 people that live in that town, but 14,000 of them are from 
outside the United States. We've identified about 90 unreached people groups there. So our heart is to train missionaries that want to serve in America among refugees, immigrants, international students, train missionaries that want to go overseas. And especially our heart is to see some of the refugees and immigrants equip, empower them, share with them Genesis to Revelation, God's heart for the whole world. And they're not just the mission field, but they're the mission force. It's not the West to the rest anymore. It's from everywhere to everywhere. So we're starting to to see some of the refugees themselves go back and share the gospel and make disciples and plant churches, which is a dream. So mobilizing, training, and then multiplying. We want to make disciples that make disciples and plant churches that plant churches. So right that's the thrust of our mission. So what's so unique about, you said it's Clarkston. Mm-hmm. What What is bringing all these, these refugees into that area? So Congress decides how many refugees come into the country every year that gets set politically. Um, during the Trump years, it was pretty low, like 15,000, 20,000. Biden says it's going to go up to 120,000 during his term. So the United States vets all these different refugees. They go through a resettlement process. They get brought to America and they get scattered around like 300 different locations in the United States. And, you know, Clarkson, Georgia just happens to be one of those and so a lot of those refugees show up in our community and we help you know felt needs English classes job skills um, get their kids in school and after school tutoring and things like that Um, so yeah Clarkson is just this really unique melting pot of refugees from all over the world it's a really transitional community a lot of the folks are only there maybe 18 months to 24 months and then they've found a family member that's in Ohio Chicago maybe they you know establish credit in this country and see I can buy a house in America for less than what I'm renting these you know low-income apartments in Clarkson for so they move towards home ownership um, and the reason they chose Clarkson is it's 80% multi-housing, so it's almost all apartment complexes where we live. And if you walk through the apartment complexes, you'll smell all the different ethnic foods, see everybody continue to be dressed like they were in their countries, drying clothes over the bushes. Um, yeah, kids playing on the playground, speaking Nepali and Arabic, and you got Syrians and Iraqis and Afghans, so it's a really unique little mission field there. And, and you have people come in through your organization to get prepared for the mission field. What does that look like? Uh, so we run a program from January to May and then another one from August to December. It's a five-month program. We spend classroom time in the morning learning different topics about missions, how to learn another language, culture, and worldview, how to be culturally sensitive, how to share the gospel in a way that makes sense to their heart language, to their worldview, how to make disciples, how to plant simple churches, uh, train people on team dynamics because a lot of people leave the mission field because they can't get along with the indigenous brothers and sisters or other teammates. So we talk about team dynamics on the field. Uh, We talk about member care and culture shock and how to deal with transitions, grief on the field. Uh, We've got a family component where we train the kids as well to get them ready to go overseas, Mm -hmm. leaving grandparents and leaving friends and learning a new language. And I don't know if I'm an American anymore, but I don't know if I'm from Peru. So we help whole families kind of navigate what they're going to go through educational 
things when they get overseas. Uh, so we've got a heavy mentoring discipleship component to the training where we're just doing life on life, getting people's hearts ready, character ready, abiding in Jesus is going to be the number one thing that sustains any of us on the mission mm-hmm. field. And then in the afternoons, we just go get out in the community. And some people are doing English classes and after school programs. Some people are working with local ethnic churches and empowering, equipping, coming alongside of them to give them tools to reach their own people from Nepal and Burma and Congo and different places. Um, and yeah, prayer walking in the community, looking for open doors to get into homes and make friendships with families. So it sounds like the, the perfect place for your base to be, um, you know, just with, with the whole community that's going on in and around there and the training that you're trying to do. Did you choose that community specifically for that? For sure. Yeah, we were um, looking at cities in America. So we came back from Oaxaca, Mexico. We were there for 14 years. We thought we would be somewhere in the Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist world. Our passion has always been Romans 15, where Paul's like, it has always been my ambition to go preach the gospel where it has not been preached before. I don't want to lay it on another man's foundation. So we figured we'd be somewhere in the Muslim, Hindu, and Buddhist world, but really felt like God redirected us back to America. We're like, America doesn't really fit that Romans 15, haven't heard the gospel. But as we started looking at unreached people groups in America, there were like 365 that were mentioned on the Joshua Project website. Um, And so, yeah, we started looking and there were obvious ones like New York, L.A., really big melting pots, really large ethnic groups and ethnic minorities and unreached people groups. But, yeah, we found Atlanta had an upward trajectory of foreign born population and looked, you know, future 2030 and 2050 statistics. And it was just going to grow by leaps and bounds of the number of internationals that were going to come in. And we thought, yeah, that's just a strategic place to help American churches get some exposure. And maybe God will change their hearts about some of the Muslims coming into this country, Latinos coming into this country, so that maybe churches will see it more as a mission field and a mission opportunity rather than a threat to our American way of life or whatever else. So we thought that would be a perfect place to do kind of some short-term exposure trips and definitely a great place to travel missionaries that want to serve in some of these different countries that the folks are coming from and then definitely a place where we hope to see people come to know Jesus get discipled equipped and go back to their own country as missionaries or at least through technology I mean we see a lot of these refugees start following Jesus and they're really well connected over WhatsApp and Skype and Zoom and they're doing Bible studies with their family members back home and leading people to Christ long distance so yeah it's just a, a really ideal place for us to reach the nations and train people to serve among the nations. So you offer short-term exposure trips yeah. in, into that area. So maybe somebody listening, mission pastor, somebody, wherever they are, they, they could contact you and just explore more about that. Yeah, definitely. We do one-day trips. Those are probably more geared for churches in the Atlanta area, just kind of a one-day exposure trip. And then we have a global missionary journey, which is a three-day trip where people get longer exposure. We don't want to promise people that are coming that they're going to win Clarkston to Jesus in three days. It's really a learning trip and it's it's an exposure trip. Uh, So we teach a lot of the things that they teach in the perspectives class, just looking through scripture, seeing God's heart for all nations, all nations, all nations, all peoples, all peoples, blessed to be a blessing, the glory of God among all the peoples. So we do, you know, Bible studies on that. We help people map their own cities, like look up your zip code and we can train on what websites to go to, to figure out how many people from different countries and ethnicities are right in your local city. We help 
you know, train people how to use Google to find the ethnic restaurants, the mosques, the Hindu temples right in their communities where the apartment complexes. Our goal isn't to see people come over and over and over from the same church to Atlanta to reach the refugees there. We want to empower the local church and say, we know that there's refugees and immigrants and internationals in your community, and we're going to give you guys the tools to find out where they are give you some t simple tools on how to start a conversation with somebody from another another country if that just feels really outside of your comfort zone. So we do simple training on starting conversations with your waiter at the ethnic church, how to set up a Hindu temple or a mosque visit. Um, and those are some of the things that we model in Atlanta and try to equip people so that they can go back and do it in their context. And hopefully churches all over America will do a better job at being welcomers, which we see all throughout Deuteronomy and all throughout scripture. God saying, I want my people to treat the foreigner well, to welcome them well, to treat them well. And then verses that talk about teaching them God's word and teaching their children God's world. Yeah. So where would somebody find information? What's your website? Yeah, our website is globalfrontiermissions.org. And that's got all the information about the short-term exposure trips and the missionary training. Awesome. Well, I'm sure a lot of people will be interested in that, but you also mentioned a couple of times perspectives. Yeah. And so for those that might not be familiar, what is what is perspectives? It's a great course. It's offered all over the United States. I think they have almost 300 classes at any given time. So there's a chance that you can find one close to you. I think perspectives.org is the website and you can type in your zip code. It's a 15 week course. It's got several lessons about the biblical basis of missions, just seeing the themes throughout scripture about God's glory and God being worshiped among all the nations. It's got a few lessons on the historical perspective. How did Christianity grow from this group of 12 little Jewish disciples of Jesus to this worldwide movement? And how did it go across the world telling the stories of Hudson Taylor and William Carey and African-American missions movement. So those lessons are great. A few lessons on cultural tips. What are the obstacles that a missionary has to think through when they go to a completely different language and culture to share the good news of Jesus in a way that makes sense to the local people? And then a few strategic lessons. So that is a great course. Um, we took the perspectives course also and made a condensed version of it called the step-in study. That can also be found on our website, uh, gogfm.org or globalfrontiermissions.org. We know that not everybody can give a 15-week commitment, and I think it's about three hours every time and requires a lot of reading. I highly recommend it because it, it will truly change the way that you read your Bible. New passages will pop off the pages of Scripture because now you understand the themes and the threads all throughout Scripture. But we did want to make it more accessible to more people, so we developed kind of a truncated five-week version of Perspectives, and we call it the Step-In Study, and they get that biblical perspective, the historical perspective, the cultural perspective, strategic perspective. And that could be something that maybe a, a Sunday school group or maybe a small group could go through. Exactly. That's how we designed it is for a small group. Yeah. Sunday school class, a life group. And we've got really good feedback. I mean, just that simple five week course. Uh, there's got some animated videos that you watch as a part of it. And then you answer questions as a group. And it's pretty heavy on application as well. We don't want to just be hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. So let's look at what this says. Let's understand God's heart about the nations. And then let's figure out how we're going to apply that. 
Uh, the study also encourages people to get involved in missions in a couple different ways. We talk about the habits of a global Christian. That's something that comes out of the perspectives course and the Kairos course and other courses as well. Some of the roles where people can get involved in missions is praying for the nations, giving financially of your resources, of your time, um, welcoming, doing a good job of welcoming internationals and people from other countries, and then mobilizing, sharing the information about God's word, as well as the statistics about how few of our Christian resources are going to the thing that's so heavy on God's heart, which are the folks that have no access to Jesus. They can't call on the name of Christ to be saved. And so few of our missionaries are going to those countries and people groups. And so few of our finances are going to those places. So there's a real challenge to now that we have this information, information how are we going to apply it yeah how are we going to respond with this information exactly so what do you know some of the numbers or stats off the top of your head uh so they say there's 400,000 missionaries around the world evangelical missionaries and out of the 400,000 missionaries that are going out only one percent of them are going to what we call unreached people groups the places that really don't have bibles in their language yet really don't have missionaries and don't really have churches established uh, unreached is usually less than 2% Christian, um, but there's also completely unengaged, unreached people groups that have never had any gospel access. So it's pretty wild if you think we have a mission Sunday at our church, or maybe we go to the Passion Conference or a big missions conference like Urbana. A lot of people come forward and say, we want to go to the mission field. If you think about all those people that are like, here I am, send me, Lord, only one out of every 100 of those are going to go to the places that have never heard the gospel. Yeah, it's just incredible. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. It's actually 3%, 3%, three out of every 100 of the missionaries are going to the ends of the earth and only 1% of all the missions money, not Christian money, not all tithes and offerings, you know, out of all the money that's going to the church, only 6% is going to missions. And out of that 6%, only 1% is going to unreached people groups. So we just need so many more people and resources to take the gospel into Yemen and Indonesia and Libya and Nepal and Bhutan and these places have been really untouched with the gospel still. Wow. So it sounds like, I mean, you're obviously very passionate about this world. And again, if people are interested, they can go to, what's the website? GoGFM.org or GlobalFrontierMissions.org. That's great. Well, Grant, any final thoughts? I mean, you're obviously putting everything out there that you can think of through your, your mission and training others. But maybe somebody listening, just wrestling with, all right, God, what's my role in all of this? What advice might you give? Yeah, I highly recommend the step-in study or a perspectives course. Find a missionary that's been on the field and ask for mentoring and coaching and get to hear their stories. Um, yeah, look for missions conferences to keep that fire alive. If you can get your hand on missionary biographies, those will challenge you. I mean, I remember when I felt the Lord call me in high school to missions, I went to a conference and heard Steve Saint speak there, and it just really impacted me and shared about the ministry that they had in South America. I got a hand of his resources at that conference. I got the Missions Dilemma DVD, the great omission book, and read through those and just saw the importance of empowering and equipping the nationals, the indigenous folks. I'm sure me as a young 18-year-old, 20-year-old, I want to go to the nations and be the missionary. Maybe they'll write a biography about me someday. Uh, but 
man, it's not about that. We are here to glorify Christ. It's about him. And the best way we can do that is if we go in with humility, we think about the nationals, equip, empower, pour into them. That's what we did for several years down in Oaxaca, train and equip, train and equip, both biblically and physically. I don't need to be the pastor. I don't need to be the main teacher. I don't need to lead the seminaries as an outsider. Equip, equip. We stay in the scaffolding as the backgrounders, in the background as the Westerners, and we let them be the heroes on the spiritual side of things. Let them do the preaching. Let them lead the worship. Let them be the church planners as we empower, equip, educate from behind the scenes. And then on the physical side of things, we don't bring short-term mission groups down just to bring in medical supplies every three months or to do all the you know teeth cleaning of the people in the village. We don't go in and dig the well for them. We go in and we train and equip them. Here's some tools that you can find locally. You guys can meet your own needs physically and spiritually and just really come alongside and be the biggest cheerleaders of our indigenous brothers and sisters that really love Jesus but could use some equipping and training so that they can go out and reach their communities, their villages, their entire nation. So I really resonate with the iTech vision and yeah, everything that you guys in the do in the world. I, I was trained <laughs> informally by iTech uh, to do missions work in Mexico. And we've used those same principles as we serve refugees as well. So yeah, I would encourage folks to get their hands on those resources as well, because we need some new paradigms and think new ways about doing missionary work rather than the Westerners going in with our colonialistic mentality, <laughs> fixing everything right. that's broken in these countries with these people. So I would just encourage folks to do continuing ongoing edu education and training um, and the hard work of being humble as we go in to serve the nations. Right on. Well, thanks, Grant. You're doing a lot of work. You're doing, uh, there's perspectives tonight. Yep. You're actually in the area visiting iTech because there's uh, perspectives here locally you're teaching. And so appreciate the work you're doing with that, all you're doing through Global Frontiers Missions. And hopefully if it resonated with anybody, they'll reach out to you guys. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Mission Minded Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Mission Minded. For more information on today's topic and show notes, please visit our website, itechusa.org. Mission Minded Podcast is produced by iTech. The goal of this podcast is to inspire conversations about Great Commission participation. The views, organizations, and individuals represented, interviewed, and discussed on the podcast do not necessarily represent an official position or formal partnerships with iTech.